Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Good morning, everybody. If it is morning for you, it's morning for me. But thanks for joining us today. We want to start a new, brand new podcast series today because we finished our last series called Change Our Perspective, and we're going to start a new one today. And I was thinking about what to do, what to talk about, and everyone's into fitness today. Everyone is trying to get fit and lose weight and stay in shape. So we're going to call this new podcast series Mind Fitness. We're going to seek to get our minds fit, spiritually fit, by looking at some very specific things that we need to set our minds upon in order to be fit, because that's what you do when you're trying to get fit. You discipline yourself to do the right things and to avoid the wrong things. And that's what we're going to try to do only in a spiritual level for for our minds, because I believe mind fitness will actually be more healthy for us than physical fitness. Both are important. But we're going to call our new series today Mind Fitness. And we're going to start by looking at something I'm going to call Captivate. Captivate. Maybe that's a word you're familiar with. We're going to define it here in a little bit. But today is our first podcast series in the series Mind Fitness. Today I want to talk about Captivate. Before I define the word, I want you to think about a question I'm going to ask you and answer it internally. Um, It's more of a riddle than a personal probing question, but it's also that as well. Number Uh, Excuse me, question that I want to ask you today is, what do you call someone who receives an abundance of blessings from somebody, but hardly gives any back in return? What do you call someone who receives an abundance of blessings from somebody, but hardly gives any back in return? And perhaps you're thinking of the same word that I'm thinking of, which is selfish. That's exactly what you would call someone who receives a lot from somebody, but barely gives any back in return. Now, that's a very harsh word to call anybody selfish. Sometimes I have to use that word with my own children because I've noticed that my children are very good at sharing in one aspect. They're very good at calling out their other brothers and sisters when they're not being shared with. But I notice they're not as good at, at calling themselves out when it's time for them to share with their brothers and sisters which means they have a mindset that is telling them it's good to get and bad to give. Today we're going to call our podcast Captivate, and I want to define that word today because we're trying to get our, ourselves, spiritually speaking, and every way speaking, to not be selfish. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to set our mind on something or someone that's going to help us do that. But let's define the word Captivate I decided to look it up online, and I think the definition for captivate is pretty good that I found online, and here's what it said. It said to attract and hold the interest and attention of, or to charm. To attract and hold the attention or interest of, or to charm. That's what the word captivate means. And I want to think about, before we get into the meat of what we want to talk about today, I want to think about some things that captivate the common American because most of us who are listening today are in America, and I'm just going to generally aim at some things that I think Americans are generally captivated by, and I have a list of like eight or nine things. See if any of these captivate you, if you're honest. Number one is TV shows and movies. Now remember, the definition for captivate is attract and hold the interest of, or the attention of, or to charm. TVs, 
and TV shows and movies are big today. We have a term called binge watching, and that term has never been around except for the past you know 10, 15 years. Because now we have this thing where we can stream TV shows and movies with very little effort and very, very quick access on our phones and our tablets and our computers, which means we can get so many TV shows and movies into our mind. And we like that because we enjoy watching TV. And I'm not telling you anything new today. Americans love TV. I know the entire world loves TV. But Americans especially, we have kind of grown up on watching TV and now, a lot of us don't have cable. I've noticed a lot of people are get, getting rid of cable, and that may, maybe you would think by getting rid of cable, we would be more disciplined, getting outside more, you know, maybe even more spiritually fit. But really, that's not the case, because we just don't need cable anymore. Cable was kind of like this, you know, 50, 60 channels that you never knew what was going to be on, and you'd have to check the guide and wait for your show to come on, and and then when it came on, you'd watch it. And sometimes when you didn't know what to watch, you'd flip around and try to find something to, to charm or captivate your mind. But today we don't have to do anything like that. We can find the exact show or movie that we want and we can roll it and we can watch it over and over and over again as many times as we want with uh, really nothing standing in our way. And what that means is we are more captivated by TV shows and movies than we ever have been as a culture which if you think about it is quite dangerous. And no one calls it dangerous except for like, you know, people talking about how to raise children. But for adults it's not dangerous, you know, because we have discipline and we know when to shut things off, but do we? I'm not really going to talk about TV shows and movies beyond that. Just one thing that captivates us. Here's another one, kind of along the same lines, but YouTube and social media. Those things are really captivating today. We spend a lot of time more than we want to admit on social media, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the new ones are, we spend a lot of time seeing what's out there on our feeds, pictures, videos, you know, interesting quotes. We love scrolling through those things and reading and watching things. I've noticed that people will do that with very little effort and very little understanding of should I do it. We just pull up our phone and it's just kind of like muscle memory. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for a doctor or I'm waiting to get on a train or whatever. And I'm going to pull my phone out and just scroll haphazardly through my social media feeds because they're captivating. Again, this podcast is not about the evils of social media, but I'm just mentioning things that captivate us. Here's another one, relationships. We love relationships. We love getting together with our friends. Who, who doesn't? We've done this as a society for hundreds of years, we love to get together with our friends. Those things captivate us. If they're really good relationships and people that think the same way we think and like the same things we like, we love to get together with those people for countless hours and just be around them because they're captivating. Those people make us laugh and feel good. Another one is having fun and sense of humor. Any sort of things that make you laugh and help you have fun, are things that captivate us. I don't know what your list is for things that are on that list, but I know what things make me laugh, and those things captivate me. I enjoy humor. I enjoy having fun. So I'm often captivated by things that help me do that. Here's another one. Feeling good and pleasure. Things that make me feel good. Now, it is summertime, it is June, and a lot of you out there really love sunny, hot weather. I am actually the opposite. I like sunshine, but I do not like the heat at all. 
So I actually feel good when it starts getting cooler, and I look forward to fall this time of year. And I know that's kind of a Debbie Downer thing to say as summer's just beginning, but some of you just like feeling good in the summer and the sunshine and the heat make you feel good. You like, you know, being outside and you like doing warm things and you like being near the water and whatever makes you feel good. I don't know what that is, but feeling good and pleasure captivates us. When we feel good, we want to do those kinds of things a lot. Here's another one, being praised. Being praised. When people speak well of us, that's really captivating. When people will give me a compliment and encourage me and, and lift me up and build me up, Boy, I could sit there for hours when someone wants to do that. Just tell me more good things about me because it's captivating. It, it grabs my attention and my interest. It charms me. I like when people do that. Here's another one, hobbies. Whatever hobbies you enjoy doing, it could be as mindless as like a video game on your phone or as, you know, I don't know, maybe you garden, maybe you do, you know, things like that outside. But whatever hobbies we enjoy, we like doing those things. They captivate our minds. One more is eating drinking and socializing. We just really enjoy those kinds of things. We like to do them several times a day. Being with our friends, having good times together, socializing, eating good food, drinking good drinks. Those are things that captivate Americans. I'm sure the list could go on and on, but you kind of get the point. These things captivate our minds. They grab the mind. They hold the mind to it. They grab our attention, and we love to do those things as much as we can. But there's a problem. There's someone who's not on the list, and he should be on the list. In fact, he should be the only one who's on the list. And this is where it starts to get convicting, because in Scripture, if you use that word captivate, Paul is the one who said, I will not be dominated or controlled by anything. Now, he didn't mean anything, because there was one person that did charm and captivate Paul. What he meant is, I won't be dominated or controlled by anything else besides the one obvious person, and that is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to a passage in Colossians 3 that was written by the Apostle Paul, and he says in verses 1 to 4, If then you have been raised with Christ, which he's basically asking if you've been saved, if you're a Christian, if you've turned from your sin and turned unto Jesus you have been raised with Christ. You are a new person. You have new life, new eternal life flowing through your veins, which means you now belong to Jesus Christ. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ. And so check your heart today. Are you saved? Are you with Jesus? Do you believe in him? Do you follow him? He says, if so, he says, seek the things that are above. Above. What do you mean, Paul? Seek the things in the sky a lot of people are seeing UFOs today. Is that what you're talking about, Paul? Or should we look towards the sky? No, he says, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So he's actually saying, set your mind on things much, much higher than the sky or space. Set your mind on things in heaven. And I've always read this passage and go, how do I do that? I've never been there. I don't know what's in heaven. I like to speculate and like to think about what's in heaven a lot, but I have no idea what's in heaven, except for the imagery you get in a book like Revelation. I don't know what's in heaven. How do I set my mind on things above? He continues in verse 2, Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Okay, that's nice to think about, but again, how do I do that? Verse 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If I had to summarize this passage, Paul is saying to us, be captivated by Jesus and the things that Jesus cares about. 
You should be captivated. You should set your mind on those things as much as you possibly can because they're the best things there are. They're so much better than things on the earth. They're so much better than the list we just rattled through. And we know that. I don't have to tell you that Christ is better than TV shows and movies and YouTube and social media and relationships and having fun and sense of humor and feeling good and pleasure and being praised and hobbies and eating and drinking and socializing. You would say he's better. But you remember our question at the beginning? What do you call someone who receives an abundance of blessings from somebody but hardly gives any back in return? And our answer was that you would call that person selfish. And I have to admit, I think there's a lot of selfish Christians here in America. I think there's a lot of people who are receiving blessings from the Lord and happy that he blesses us, thankful that he blesses us. But I'm not so sure that we're good at giving back blessings to the Lord. And I think the problem is, is because we're not being captivated by him we're letting our minds go towards other things, things of the earth. And it's kind of the opposite, the antithesis of what Paul is saying here. He says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Now, did the things we just mentioned, that list, are they sinful things? And the answer is complicated. The answer is no and yes. No, in and of themselves, TV shows, social media, relationships, humor, all those lists, are not sinful things. They're not, unless you're using them for evil things. But generally speaking, they're not bad things. When they become bad is when we give them too much of our mind, too much of our time, too much of our attention. When they captivate us, when they hold our interest and attention, when they charm us, that is often when we've got off course and we now have given our mind over to earthly things, which is the opposite of what Paul is telling us to do. Because he's basically saying there's only one who deserves that. There's only one who should hold your interest and your attention to that degree where you are captivated and you are charmed by. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, set your mind, therefore, on things that are above. And we're going to talk about how do we do that. I'm going to give you four things today before we close on how to keep your mind on Jesus Christ if that is something you desire, if you would attest that Jesus is better than everything we just mentioned in that list. If he's better and you would say, yes, he's better, I'd rather have Jesus than those things. If push came to shove and I could only choose one, Jesus or anything on that list, I would choose Jesus. If that's true, then you're tracking with me. You should set your mind on Jesus more than everything on that list combined. And I'm just as convicted as you are because I'm an American Christian as well, and many of those things have captivated me, even in the recent memory. But I want to set my mind on Jesus. I want to be captivated purely, primarily, by Jesus. And I'm going to give us four things to help us do that. Number one, this one's going to hurt a little bit, but we need to declog our minds of earthly things. The lists that I just mentioned are not bad, but oftentimes they clog our minds. And you guys know when something gets clogged, like a sink or a toilet, it's not working properly, right? There's too much gunk inside of the pipes, and you have to sort of sometimes get a claw, or excuse me, get a plunger out or a snake out or you know, dig your hand in, as gross as that is, and get whatever is 
clogging the pipes out so you can once again use that thing. Well, those things that I mention often are clogging our minds. And I, I'm guessing you probably agree with me that when we do those things in abundance and we're captivated by those things, it's really hard to think about Jesus. And if we're not thinking about Jesus, it's almost a guarantee that we're not living our life for Jesus. I've never really fallen backwards into obedience to Jesus. I've often, mostly, I'm going to even say 100%, had to set my mind on Jesus first. And I believe that's the strategy Paul is giving us today, saying you got to set your mind on Jesus. If you want to follow him and love him and serve him, it has to start with mind homework. It has to start with mind fitness. You have to get your mind on Christ and things that are above. And I don't think he means the things that make up heaven, like the gold streets and the crystal sea and what angels look like, things like that. I think he's basically telling us, set your mind on Jesus and things that matter to Jesus. Because things that matter to Jesus are all going to heaven. The things that matter to Jesus make up heaven. And Paul is saying, you know what those things are. If you've been in Christianity, Christ has told you what they are. So set your mind on those things. But the first thing we need to do is we need to declog our minds of earthly things. I've noticed my children even doing this, and they're, they're very young. My oldest is not yet nine, and we have children all the way down to two months old. Seven children. <laughs> and I've noticed that my children are, are very good at the list I just mentioned. Um, they're, they're very good at being captivated by the same things that adults are being captivated by today. And I'm having conversations with my wife going, how do I help our children think about different things? Think about heavenly things, Christ things at a young age, because I know the longer this goes on, the harder it will be for them to be captivated by Jesus Christ. I'm trying to help my children now be captivated by Jesus. And one of the obvious ones we came to was we got to declog our kids' minds. We got to be careful how much of those things get into their minds. Not that they're bad or negative or we should never do them, but the quantity and the time that they spend on those things, we need to be careful with. And I said to my wife, I said, I think we need to declog, help our children declog their minds sometimes. And I think the way we do this is by learning the discipline of being quiet. And I'm not talking about anything weird like, you know, the weird meditation and yoga that's out there, like, you know, just sitting and humming and sitting in a, you know, a seated position on the floor. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about learning the discipline of not having to be consumed with media and technology and humor all the time, but being quiet and learning the art of spiritual meditation because that is a real thing. And spiritual meditation has nothing to do with what you see in common pop culture. Spiritual meditation has everything to do with thinking about the Word of God, thinking about what Jesus has taught us, chewing on it, digesting it with your mind and going, man, what does that mean? You know, I would hope that my church body does that after they hear a sermon is they go home and on their way home in their car, they're talking about it, they're thinking about it. They go home and they're, they're looking at their notes and they, they wake up Monday and they look at their notes again and say, you know, how do I apply what I just heard on Sunday? Does that happen? I, I don't know. Maybe not to the degree I hope it does. But that's the problem, is we're too clogged with things that are on the earth. 
And Jesus just, they can't get in. There's too much of our minds consumed by earthly things. The first thing we need to do is declog our minds of earthly things. That doesn't mean you can't do any of those things at any time. It just means be careful. Be careful how much time you watch TV, how much time you spend on social media, how much YouTube videos you watch, how much time you spend with friends just laughing and giggling, and how much time you spend on your hobbies. It just means be careful. Because you're supposed to be captivated by one person, the best person, the one who is holding your soul right now, who has covered your sins by his precious blood, the one who is going to vouch for you on Judgment Day. And Paul says, boy, if you want to live for him, you've got to set your mind on him first. And in order for us to do that, we have to declog our minds. We've got to take out the spiritual snake or plunger and get some of that stuff out of our lives and learn the art of being quiet and meditating upon what the Lord is what he's taught us and how to live for him. And I know that one's really hard because we often just go, we bounce from one thing to the next in our American society. We wake up, we get ready for work. You know, we go to work, we eat lunch, we work again, we come home, we have chores, we have errands, we come home, we want to watch TV, we want to relax and we do this, we want to hang out with friends. And before we know it, the day's over. And then tomorrow we start the whole process over again. And Christ is not getting into our minds because there's no opportunity to get into our minds because we're so consumed and captivated by earthly things. And Paul says, man, you've got to get your mind off earthly things so that you can get them on heavenly things. Number two is discipline ourselves spiritually. And this one holds hands with the first one. If we want to declog our minds of earthly things, one of the things we need to do is discipline ourselves spiritually. We need to get an appetite of daily, regular scripture Daily, regular prayer. Daily and regular recalling and meditating upon what the Lord has taught us. And I think we go through seasons of this. Sometimes we're good at it. Sometimes we're bad at it. But often it's a very slippery slope. The less we do it, the easier it is to not do it. And the more we do it, the easier it is to keep doing it. And it's not very romantic to wake up and go, I'm going to study the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to pray to the Lord. I'm going to meditate on what he's taught me. And, and that's the point. It's not that exciting in the flesh, but it's immensely profound for mind fitness. It's immensely profound for following the Lord. And we can't do without it. If we don't do without it, we're going to clog our minds with earthly things. We're not going to think about Jesus and therefore we're not going to love Jesus. We're going to remain selfish. We must today discipline ourselves to get into scripture no matter what it takes no matter how hard it is no matter if we have to give up sleep or food or socializing or whatever in order to get our mind upon the things that matter most and i am still one of those people that's trying to figure out how to do that better even though i'm a pastor i need to get my mind on things that matter most because my job is consumed with biblical things you think i would be so heavenly minded all the time but when I get home from work, it's often the same process everybody else has. I want to relax. I want to chill. I want to do these things that relax my mind, which some of them are fine. And some of that time is fine. But sometimes I'm undoing exactly what I just tried to build up my entire day by putting the good things in my mind. I'm clogging my mind once again. And I need to discipline myself to think about what God has taught me. Think about the beauty of Jesus Think about what he has taught us in his word. Number three is to cultivate our love with Jesus. Cultivate simply means to work on, invest in, cultivate your love with Jesus. I'm going to give you two ways to do this with Jesus. If you really want to cultivate your love relationship with Jesus Christ, here's two things to do. 
if you want your relationship with Christ to grow and to deepen, these are two things that I think will, will help immensely. Number one, thank him a lot. Thank him a lot. I have noticed that when I am thanking the Lord for things that he has given me, I'm more in love with him. It's the same strategy you could use for anybody in your life, a spouse, a mom, a child. If you want to be appreciative and to be in love with someone earthly, start thanking them or start thinking of the things that you're thankful for about that person. And when you start making a list like that, you start to realize how valuable that person is to you. And the list just goes on and on of the good things that they are, the great things that they mean to you, the great things that they do for you. And I, when I do that for my wife, it's the same thing. I fall more in love with my wife because I realize what a treasure she is to me. Do that with the Lord. Sit down with a list with a pad and pen and, and start writing all the things that Christ has done for you and that Christ is to you. Things that he does for you on a daily, regular, faithful basis. And the list will just go on and on. And you'll look at that list and go, wow, man, he is amazing. He's incredible to my soul. I couldn't live without him. He deserves my life. He deserves my love thank him a lot. And the scripture says that uh, in all in all circumstances, thank the Lord. You know, thank him without ceasing. Thank him day and night. You'll find those kind of passages all throughout scripture because it's such a good um, help to our mind fitness to set our minds on things above. Here's number two is to praise Jesus. And Thanksgiving is kind of mindful of what he is and what he's done. Praising him, and him, praising him is actually taking it to another level of actually telling him how great he is. And it gets our mind on the supreme value of Jesus. When we start taking that list that we're thankful for and then praising him for those things, it's really good for our mind fitness because we start to realize how supremely valuable the Lord is to our soul. If you want to cultivate your love relationship with Jesus, thank him a lot, praise him a lot, and don't really let your mind go too long without thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. And if you do those things, I really believe you will be a, you'll be in love with the Lord Jesus. It won't take long for him to captivate you. And number two, you will think about the right things and you will do the right things a lot more simply by thinking of the supreme worth and beauty of our Lord. Number four is if you want to set your mind on Jesus, if you want to be captivated by him and if you want to serve him, go on the offense. Don't be passive. Don't hope that you'll naturally fall into love with Jesus. I don't think that works well enough. Even if I've had a great, you know, message and, and devotional time with the Lord and he spoke something really profound into my soul yesterday, I have to wake up the next day with energy and with focus and with determination to love him. Because if I don't and I just hope that I naturally fall into love and obedience, it often doesn't happen because my mind will be captivated by other earthly things. If you want to really love the Lord and be captivated by him, go on the offense to do so. Wake up and say, okay, Lord, today is a day that you have given me. I'm going to seize time with you. I'm going to cultivate love with you by thanking you and praising you. I'm going to look for opportunities to serve you. I'm going to look for opportunities to love my neighbor. I'm going to do whatever I can to seize my mind for your benefit and for your kingdom. The only way for that to happen is for us to go after that, for us to be very offensive in the Christian life. I think we're too passive. When I am most obedient, when I'm most thankful, when I'm most in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's because I'm saying to myself, go after it. 
seize it, make it happen, do what you have to do. And when I'm not, I fall into bad habits. That's just as honest as I can be. So those are our four things. Declog your mind of earthly things, discipline yourself spiritually, cultivate your love relationship with Jesus by thanking him and praising him, and then go on the offense. Don't be passive. Go after those things that please your Lord, that captivate your mind for Jesus Christ. And if you go on the offense and you say, today is a day that I need to live for Jesus, and I am going to look and I am going to seize opportunities that help me do that. When everyone else is just hoping they naturally fall into love and obedience, you will actually pattern yourself after Jesus Christ and after the model he set us, and everyone else probably won't. I would hope that these things would help captivate your mind to Jesus Christ today, that you'd set your mind on things that matter the most, and you and I would stop being so selfish and so charmed by things that don't matter that much, and we would instead be captivated by the one that is supremely valuable and beautiful to my soul, the one that I am in love with, the one that I am in a covenant with for the rest of eternity. He deserves it. He demands it. He's worthy of it, and it will be the best thing for our lives. That's our first episode of Mind Fitness. We'll talk about this continuing on for several more weeks. I hope you are captivated by the Lord Jesus Christ today. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.